Okay, thank you for letting me interview you. How would you define a maverick? I define a maverick as somebody who defies normalcy. People, in my opinion, are either born that way and constantly doing it, so they never stick to the normal path, or there's kind of discovered mavericks where they actually learn that that's not the path for them and they decide to embrace something new and challenging, which I would call a maverick. Okay. Why do you think you're a maverick? I think I'm somebody that likes to challenge the status quo. I think I'm somebody that actually likes to pursue pursue things that uh, you know I can get passionate about. You follow your nose a little bit, and that nose ends up leading you into interesting places. And if you have an open mind, I think often those interesting places are you know, very rewarding. So what makes me a maverick? I'm willing to try new things. Excellent. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements, and you just need to say, true, false, can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Arguably true. I'm much more productive than other people. (laughs) I think true. (laughs) I have very unusual talents. True, and now I'm finding there's ego associated with this. But yes, true, I think so. I'm generally underestimated by people. Not anymore. Excellent. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. Okay. Why do you do things differently? I don't think it's purposely that I do things differently. I just end up looking at problems from either a different perspective or multiple perspectives. And so there's just a natural tendency to investigate. Okay. It just feels natural. It feels natural. Okay. Does doing things differently, Jason, require certain skills? And if so, what are they? I think one of the most important skills to do things differently is putting yourself in other people's shoes. So the ability to actually say, take yourself out of your own um, body, your own Mm -hmm. mind, your own eyes, and look at, uh, you know, the world through somebody else's lens. And when you do that, then you're automatically exposed to a different mindset, a different perspective, a different angle, a different view. And that's, I think that's a skill that you need to nurture over time. Yes, completely concur with you. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Because you're defying some level of convention, you can sometimes swim upstream from you know what's expected. Whether it's why would you leave a job when you're at the top of the ladder and in, you know getting paid really well and you've got a business card that means a lot, why do that? You know why leave the safety path that has you know the clear ending of you know vanity wealth? That can be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? Can you explain that? So, like, you said you're a snowboarder, yeah? yeah? And you, so you like adventure. So maybe one of the reasons you're mavericky in your approach is because you have this affinity, your char- inner characteristic is you like, to, or, you know, like some people go into nursing because they're, they're kind and they want to help people. What, what is there about your character that impacts on you being a maverick, if anything? I think there's a sense of adventure um, constantly. I'm constantly trying to challenge myself. So one of the traits that I value most is if I fear something, I try and go towards that fear. Okay. So okay. instead of running from it, I'm like, there's something in it that I probably shouldn't be afraid of, but I am. Yeah. Go discover that. Okay. 
You kind of answered this earlier on, but are you born or bred a maverick? I was a huge um, nurture believer before having kids. Mm -hmm. Now having kids, I'm actually a nature believer. I think think you're born with things. So my theory on that in general is it's like a garden. You know, the seeds are planted and that's the nature seeds. But the sun and the rain are going to shine and pour in different areas. And so certain aspects of that garden are going to grow better than others. All the seeds are planted, but certain things are going to grow. And so that analogy is really, I think... um, you know, you're born with certain traits, and then through certain life experiences, you end up developing those better. And uh, you might have had other uh, natural characteristics that you just didn't get the chance to expose and develop as well. So you end up moving in the path where the sun and the, the yeah. rain comes. But really good example, Jason, because what I'm picturing is if you've planted an apple seed, there's no way that's going to turn into a pear tree. Right. No, exactly. So I really like that example. And if you plant the apple seed and it doesn't get the right yes. soil, sun and rain, yeah. it ain't going to grow anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being maverick? Sure. There's always life experiences that I think, um, you know, yeah, that are formative, for okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. Were your parents mavericks? To some extent my dad was, but I would say a gentle maverick, a, a gentle maverick, I guess, I, you know, a mild maverick, okay, if there is mild. such a thing. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a whole bunch of degrees and was a lawyer for many years um, and, you know, could have done very well in law and gone the partner path, but instead he did his own law firm mm-hmm. and then he kept dabbling entrepreneurially in a whole bunch of different things that got him in all sorts of trouble and success. And, in that sense, he's a maverick in not just following the traditional law path okay. and deciding to be an entrepreneur while being a lawyer. Okay. You said that mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? Talents. I think I'm perceptive. I think I have ability to empathize, to relate, and to read people. Mm-hmm. I think I am I'm perspective considerate. So I will very much look at many angles of a problem and try and attack it from many different perspectives to try and come up with something. Okay. How do you see rules? You must know them to break them. You must know them to bend them. And you must know when to respect them. Okay. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? So uh, my business career, I did, uh, I did kind of a traditional route through university where I went to business undergrad and graduated at just an ideal time. It was 1994. Right. And 94 was the dawn of the web and there was this new browser called, uh, well, it was first NCSA Mosaic and then it was Netscape. You know, we got into that. We kind of, we said, hey, instead of go getting corporate jobs, let's start a company, which in the 90s was a bold thing to do. Now mm-hmm. it seems like everyone's doing it, but it was certainly bold then. I was told I was crazy by many people, but our theory was, you're young. Yeah. You don't have any financial obligations. Let's just get in and go and, uh, and try it. So, yes. you know, when you get in and you try your entrepreneurial hand and it works, then you believe that you can do anything. When it comes to business, naively, but you, you because you've had your first taste of success, success yes. you believe that you can conquer big things. Yeah. It just cemented the mm. go try something different mindset. Okay. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times? For sure I choose to be so at times. And why? I think there's certain social situations that if you're 
trying to amplify the maverick side of you, then I think it can be isolating. Yes. And so I think particularly when, you know, for instance, you're accompanying your spouse or if you're in an area that you're trying to understand what the surroundings are, you don't need to be coming in and trying to be too much. And so actually maverick is, I have trouble even with the word maverick at some level because you don't want to, maverick, you don't want to just fake the confidence of a maverick. A maverick to me is there's a subtle, quiet confidence that just says, I'm willing to do it, you know, when it's required. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll amplify that side of my personality depending on when the needs are. So I might be in a situation where I'm leading a group of people employees, you know, early stage folks trying to convince them to join my company as it is right now for mm -hmm. very little money and some equity and take a flyer. Mm -hmm. And there you need to be inspirational and you need yes. to amplify your maverick side of the vision and where you're going to go mm -hmm. and why it's important to take this risk. You know, on the flip side, you might be in a room with very successful entrepreneurs that have all done it before and, you know, and then I don't think you need to be puffing out your chest and yeah. doing anything that's trying to create this sense of I'm a maverick and look at me, you know, I think it's, I think then, you know, it's okay to blend, you know, because you're surrounded by your like people, so mm -hmm. then you don't have to. Yeah. And then there's other situations where you don't have, there's no mavericks around and, and, and you know, and, and what are you trying to prove, you know, yeah. you just, in my opinion, just, you don't want to make people feel small or big, you want to inspire them. Is this choice a conscious and or unconscious decision, all these different amplitudes of ma maverickism? It happens very naturally. Okay. It happens very naturally. It's certainly a conscious choice, Okay. but it's now become just a natural read of the situation, read of, you know, what's required, and, and then amplifying as required. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? There's enormous uh, rewards across the spectrum. So there certainly can be financial rewards that, you know, set your life up financially well. But more importantly, you get the sense of accomplishment and the feeling that you could build something. Like for me, it's the sense of building, like you've created something of value. You've touched on this, but I still want to ask you in case you want to add anything else. Are there situations where being a maverick is positively harmful? There's, there's a fine line between being, you know, a sensible maverick and um, a fool bravado. Yeah, okay. And that, by the way, I think is a never-ending oversteer of the truck through to the end of your life. Definitely. Um, has Asian experience altered your maverick approach? And if so, how? I think I've just been more conscious about it. I've been able to maybe articulate, you know, some of the thinking around why I'm taking certain actions where before I might just say it's my gut and I'm going and okay. not be able to, you know, so I think communication ability has improved significantly. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better at reading opportunities, you mm -hmm. know, now than I certainly was where before everything looked great. Now I'm much more skeptical. Okay. So my litany of stress tests to see whether or not it's valuable mm -hmm. uh, is more extensive. Okay. So what aspects of your life are you most maverick in? Uh, certainly the business side. I like to take risks on the okay. business side. Calculated risks. Okay. What aspects of your life are you least maverick in? Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, it'd be my it'd be relationships. You know, yeah. certainly with my wife. Like I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to um, try and surprise her too much. You don't want to take risks with mm. your you know your stability anchor. Yeah. 
and to me a relationship is your stability anchor it's yes. your you can't you can't function unless those things are in place yes. so what about in your business where are you least maverick in your business i'd say i've gotten more critical and less maverick on the hiring front so i'll end up maybe interviewing more people and spending more time with a potential hire okay. um, than uh, previously where I'd be like, let's just try you. Okay. You seem good yeah. enough. Yeah, it's quite interesting because um, when I've interviewed other people, the hiring and firing ones cropped up. Because it's all about people. You yes, know, somebody told me that during my career, I didn't believe it. It is all about people. Oh, yes. Because if you don't pick them right, then you've just wasted so much effort. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? The challenge is a business, particularly when you're trying something new and swimming upstream, will take everything you can give it. Yes. Everything. Every inch, every ounce, every moment, you know, and so the challenge is turning that off enough to maintain the balance at home. So when can you leave work to get home? Should you be home for dinner and then work afterwards when the kids are in bed? Or should you work straight through and be the weekend dad? Or should you work nonstop for two years and then quit and go traveling around the world? Like, those balances yeah, are extremely very, difficult. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You've touched on this because you use the term legacy, but is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind, Jason? You'd be lying if you didn't say you didn't want to leave some kind of legacy. There's a vanity in everyone, and I think uh, I certainly do, but I, I, everything I'm doing is less about the legacy and more about the moment. You know, okay. I'm, I'm living in it and going, uh, this is, I'm responding to this well yes. right now. When I, when I think legacy, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, a monument. It's really just about how can you create something that has some longevity to yeah. it. Uh, maybe your name's attached to it, but maybe not. You mm. know, you know it's, uh, there's a lot of great companies that don't have the founder's name attached True. to it anymore, and it's the company. It's the company. And I'd be certainly happy with that. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back? To give back. Or give forward, as some people So, you know, the whole philanthropic give uh, um, piece is, I think, a really complex one. Um, and I have struggled with it, even in thinking about what my most recent business okay. is. Um, and where I've landed on that is, I think, I think it's absolutely critical to give. And how you give and what you give mm -hmm. is, um, is I think I'm defining it differently. So one, I think you can give to your employees in a of way that can. is not um, the usual. The usual philanthropic side is what are you doing for those that don't yeah. have yeah. nonprofit typical. And I kind of realize that you know if I can inspire, I've spent a lot of time this past year trying to inspire, guide, advise, direct young entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So guys that were in my shoes 20 years ago yeah. that I wish I had a guy like me to go, yeah. dude, think about this. Yes. And so I've spent enormous amounts of time, drank a lot of coffee, chatting with guys like that yeah. to just understand what their business issues are, ask them questions that make them think, and, and you know, try and encourage them yes. and motivate them. So that's one on the outside. On the inside, your existing employees need that every day you've got to before you turn the knob to walk in your office you got to take a deep breath and go lead lead yes. inspire encourage motivate and uh and so i think from employees and then in my opinion like i like to i i'm now thinking of my business separately to what i want to give you know around the world so okay. um so if i can make some money 
you know, we did a month of philanthropic work on our on our trip, and we donated all sorts of money here and yeah. there. And it's that kind of kind thing of that thing. I go, good. It's a it's an offshoot of having been successful in yes. the business side, and the empower the and the things that I'm attracted to from a giving standpoint tend to be people that also want to take risks that have a bit of maverick in them that are entrepreneurial. Yeah. That I can help them to, walk through some of the pitfalls. Definitely. How do your ethics and values impact on your being a maverick, do you think? I think the more honest, authentic, and open you are, I think the more people relate and respect and trust you. And people might not always agree with your decisions. No, they don't have to, but at least you've been honest about it. Exactly, yeah. Yes, yeah. that came out in a lot of people I've spoken to. Mavericks tend to be risk-takers, as you've already acknowledged. What's the biggest risk you've taken to date in business? I think it's a toss-up between what I'm doing now and what I did when I first graduated. I, I touched on the first one. Like, you come out of university, you've got your newly minted degree, your yeah. parents have spent a pile of money, and you've got some debt that you've gone through school, and now you're supposed to go out and get your corporate job. And, you know, and so we started a company. That was a big risk because it was the first time where you're putting your personal brand yes. into the work world. That was a failure. I think I would be a very different person today. I don't think I'd be anywhere near as maverick as I am now. The other one is now. I quit my job as the president of a 600-person company and went around the world and traveled and came back. And instead of going back to that job as it was positioned in the sabbatical, now I'm going to start a new company. And starting a new company means you're going to spend money, which means all sorts of sacrifices. What would you consider... Are the characteristics of a successful venture? Success, according to Jason. A successful venture to me means people come in inspired to do what they want to do every day. Yes. It means people using your products are getting real meaningful value out of it. Right. And that you're financially profitable and stable and, um, you know, can grow. Okay. So of the ventures that you've done, what mm -hmm. percentage were successful? Every company I've been involved with have had inspired employees with right. products that I think people would benefit from. The financial side, not necessarily winning So okay. uh, on every business. So we were, you know, first business was successful. The second startup wasn't. The third startup was kind of hobbling along. And the fourth one was a, a big success. Okay. What do, what do you do that makes the venture successful? If somebody said to you, what did you bring to the table that made it go? So I think, you know, there's a couple of things. One is, one's kind of how you define your core skill sets, and I'd say that's more in the sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. I, I consider myself a product-centric sales and marketing guy. Okay. I love getting in and understanding how the product can win and what it can do, and I'm also very happy to talk to folks about what that product can do. But I think you know those are kind of what I would call job description level. And the reality is I'm just a driver. I'm a driver that okay. will push things and make it happen. And yeah. I can be, you know, stubborn about it to get yes. through things. And so there's a brick wall. I'm going to find the loose brick. Okay. Of the percentage that were unsuccessful, what would you consider was the main reason for their failure? The one that wasn't successful is this company called Baizu that was doing group buying before the social graph. And it was in the dot-com crash era. I think timing was the major factor there. You know, your years, a couple of years before Facebook and any kind of, you know, friend yeah. connection to, you know, get a whole bunch of your friends together to buy something in a yes. group way. Yeah. Dot-com had completely crashed, so all funding immediately dried up. Right. Dried up. So I think that was, that was the main thing was okay. the timing. 
it was also incredibly more complex of a business model than we anticipated. So, okay. you know, complexity was a big one. That was one. On the other one, it was, uh, you know, it was the first time I'd, you know, it was an e-commerce um, company that was selling uh, a sports apparel, custom sports apparel, to this niche sport of Ultimate Frisbee. Getting quality product delivered on time from offshore suppliers oh, yes. when you were mini yeah. was freaking hard. Because yeah. you're on the bottom of their list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Nike came through with another order. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. guys were shipped you, we're going to ship you three months late. And by the way, we ran out of the fabric you like. We're going to substitute with this fabric. And you get the stuff and you're like, do we sell this? this? You know, it's yeah. not what we wanted and it's three months late. You know, so do you shut down the company? Right. Or do you try and sell something that you're not sure okay. is what you wanted? Okay. You know, those are very specific. But if you want to but level it up and talk general, I, I always think, you know, businesses fail because of incrementally small decisions that lead up to a big failure. No different to a relationship breakdown. Exactly. They're no all little tiny things. Like, yeah, totally. Relationship definitely. related. It's little, little things. Yeah. And you know, you kind of you kind of know, but they're all excusable at the time. Yeah. And uh, you just... Till she walks out. Bad judgment. <laughs> yeah. Bad judgment. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Failure is probably one. Two is you're not finding yourself motivated in, you know, at the end of the day. Like, it's just not something that's grabbing you. And yeah. And you hoped it would. And it's not, you know, so those are probably the two things. Okay. How important is team to you? Team's everything. It's back to the people equation. You know, like yeah. you cannot win without a killer team. And in early in my career, people were telling me, you want diversity in that team. You want people that are very different in, in their approaches. I don't buy that. I, my belief is uh, I think you want people that are swimming in the same direction. And so that might be just personality traits of, you know, are there more negative Nellies versus positive yeah. people? And I'm always just give me more of the positive people. I never want a yes person, but I always want positive it's, debate. Yeah. So people, for sure, team is absolutely correct. And, and the caliber of people that you get. One good person can do the weight of three. Definitely. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Yeah, sure it does. I mean, it's uh, it's defining of how your leadership style is. There's leaders that you know work their way up in big yeah. companies and uh, are very good from a managerial standpoint. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's other leaders that I think are just uh, much broader on the risk-taking side that tend to be more entrepreneurial. Okay. How is being a maverick related to creativity? Uh, well, I think it's I think it's one of the most amazing forms of creativity because you remove the boundaries. You just say, I'm, I'm just going to explore. So what about innovation? How does it correlate to, in, being a maverick correlate to innovation? Then? Yeah, it's the same thing. I think you, uh, when you, once you remove boundaries and limitation expectations, right. you're free to explore. And when you're free to explore, your mind is open to new discovery. Yes. And the new discovery is innovation. Exactly. Are there any career choices that you regret, Jason, now, as it relates to your potential as a maverick? Um, hmm. I actually have very little regrets on my career standpoint. I think, you know, there's things that I wish I spent uh, more or less time in. Like, mm -hmm. I had a very short stint in electronic arts mm -hmm. that, um, you know, it was a big company, and I worked for the president there, and he's a senior dude, and he created about as entrepreneurial a role as I could right. get inside of a big company. Yeah. And I hated being inside a big company. Like, I had air chairs and a couch and a desk, and I was on an executive row, and it felt all very important, and I didn't like it one bit. Okay. And, uh, and so... 
I was only six months there, but it made me realize that I'm not that. that. I okay. am. I love the scrappy startup, mm. trying something new stage. So, you know, I don't regret that, but it's something that. Uh, so I had to do that to understand yeah. it. But it's not something I want to do again. No, no. A lot of people have said that if they hadn't done the things they'd done, they wouldn't know that they are the person they are today. I think so. everything everything makes you who you are today. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Is there, any, is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? I know you said you read a lot of books and that, but is there, if, if, I, if somebody said to you, right, who's the, who's the kick-ass maverick out there? That really, is well, there anybody? you know, in the tech world, Elon Musk is like, he can't get bigger than that. Like yeah, the I'd, love to, I'm trying to, I'd love to. He's on my list too. Uh, he's just over-the-top, awesome killer. Yeah. You know, like that's a guy that just dreams big. And, and tries to chase it, you know, yeah. and he's, uh, and I've heard some inside stories of how he works and I've heard, you know, and then you read all the press stories and certainly his brand and the press side is bigger and larger than life. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, you know, he's, he's calculating, he's a business guy yeah. and he maneuvers just like everybody else. And there's lots of people that he's made enemies of. Yeah. But what I love about it is he's just, he dreams big and he mm-hmm. goes after it and he's inspirational that way. I think Bill Gates, you know, his second career is amazing. You know, what he's done to be able to capitalize on his wealth and do things that affect real meaningful change in the world is absolutely awe-inspiring. You know, I think a a smaller example is the guy I work for, Don Metric. He was an inspirational maverick where he was willing to take chances, knew when to shut it down quickly, and was super inspiring for people, not in a way of saying... This is what you need to do. I've thought it through. I'm smarter than you. Here's where you go. But hiring people that he thought were smart enough that, you know, he could ask some questions. Yes. And he'd let you go down a couple dark alleys. You'd hit the dead end. You'd come back. You'd learn. And and that's what he was expecting. So he was a breadcrumb. I'll lay the breadcrumbs out for you. You might want to think about this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. But happy to let you go down any path you want. And that was inspirational as a, you know, as a leader and then his risks that he's taken, you know, starting, you know, a gaming company and then going into EA and then, you know, jumping into uh, Microsoft and Zynga. That's awesome. Okay. Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? Other than, um, other than my immediate family and my wife and my kids, mm. that, uh, you know, clearly they are the, they're the bedrock of my life. Okay. I'd say my father-in-law right now. You know, he's built multiple businesses, you know, not in tech, uh, but entrepreneurial and uh, he's an old Italian guy, and he's just got a fun perspective on, okay. on life. What do you have to suffer because you're a maverick? You know, I think you because you're a risk taker, you're going to fail. And so you suffer picking yourself up off the ground and dusting yourself off and getting to do it again. What you suffer if uh, you're affected by it is you get the I told you so's from people. Oh, God, yeah. You know, so you have to kind of you have to put up with that kind of stuff. But yeah. you're also, I think... The bigger thing is for yourself, if you didn't make it, you kind of go like, ah, oh, why didn't I make that? Why did I misread that signal? Why did I not catch that? Why didn't I jump on this earlier? Okay. So you're constantly trying to self, self-adjust self and um, and course correct from, you know, take the learning that you had from that failure and move it in. Okay. What motivates you as a maverick? To be honest, it's, it's building new things. It's finding the opportunity and just yeah. and, and building. Like, I just, I love creation. I love something that didn't exist today that can be something fantastic and, uh, you know, inspirational tomorrow. Awesome. Do you like being a maverick? Do I like it? Do you like being a maverick? I love it. Yeah. Excellent. Is being a maverick important and why? 
Yeah, for sure. In my opinion, it is. It's part of my soul. I've got to fill it. It's it's who you are. And once you once you kind of figure out that you're you are that person, you got to keep chasing that. Oh. It's like it's 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 yeah. coal for the uh, furnace. You just yes. you got to you got to keep filling it up. On a scale of one to ten, how maverick are you? Okay, so I when when I when I hear that question, I'm and I've given you Elon Musk as like a, a maverick. Then That's I'm, it. I'm like a two on his level. But it's but on, uh, on my own level, I think, you know, when I look at my choices in life and what I've done, I think, I think I'm in the, probably the eight level where I, you know, there's, Excellent. I've done a bunch of stuff that I think a lot of people in my shoes, given those choices, wouldn't have made. Okay. And uh, so I like that. What advice would you give someone who knows they're a maverick? So that they can be the best possible maverick they can be. What would your advice be to them? I think at your, at your core, if you know you're a maverick, you know you're a bit wild and you know you're willing to take risks, I think what you need to do is 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 learn how to mitigate those risks. Yes. You learn to understand what are all the factors that okay. you can increase your chances of right. success. You've got the guts to jump into anything. Yeah. Now see if you can just read that water and know how shallow it is. Excellent. Okay. What's your biggest ambition right now? Short term, long term. The short term is I want to build this into a successful business. I want okay. to see if we can turn it into something that creates great products that people are interested in, that people coming into work are inspired by and financially is, is successful. And I want to do that without sacrificing my personal life. Yes. Yes. That's the longer term piece that's more challenging because in general I'm a binary guy where I'm jumping into things and I'm going whole hog mm. and uh, and so you can end up sacrificing yes. relationships for that and uh, I've, that's the part I have to watch. Final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you, Jason? I find it intriguing that, you know, in, in thinking of how I define Maverick, it's matured through the course of this conversation. Again, I think the risk-taker entrepreneurialism is what came to mind. I don't remember what I said in the beginning. I'll wait till you but, read the book. Yeah, okay, there you go. So, you know, I think defining um, defining a maverick, I think, is a, is a really, it's an interesting thing to do because everyone's got maverick in them. Yes. Everyone does. It's about how exposed that becomes yeah. and uh, and how much you harness it. You know, so it's this is more of a statement on maverickism than okay. it is, uh, you know, what I what'd you miss? Okay. I can't think of anything. Thank I think you. you nailed it all. Thank you very much. Let me switch this off. You're good for time. I was making sure we didn't.